It's a little cold out here, Zach. It's a beautiful fur coat you have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I picked it out down in uh, King's Landing before I got sent up here. I'm surprised they have fur of that quality so far, Sal. You gotta know the right people to steal from. Down in Ginelli? Down in Ginelli. Friends that are overhearing our ascent to the top of this wall. This is Game of Bones. And Micah and I are headed to the top, very top, to meet a friend of ours, Miss Terry Schwartz. We'll be joining our show yet again once we reach the summit. Yeah, Sam needs to uh, turn the crank a little bit faster. Is he turning it manually? Is that why we're going so slow? Yeah. It's good that Eric's not here with us because the extra weight would make our climb a bit slower. But we're glad that you're all here. We're safe. We're sound. The Lord's light is within me. And we plan on talking about all the events that have happened here in this this delicate, delicate place. This wonderful fortress of life. guys. <laughs> it took you guys a while. It was a good trip, though. We're glad that you're uh, safe. How long have you been waiting? About three days <laughs> at the rate that Sam was turning that thing. Yeah. I'm actually, like, pretty hungry. I hope you guys brought snacks. Yeah, so we have a bag of Twinkies. They're dipped in chocolate. Perfect. Mm. The best sustenance when you're up at the wall. And Micah has already eaten a few shanks of lamb, so we're prepared. Okay, perfect, perfect. Lamb and Twinkies. Doesn't get much better than that. It's <laughs> the secret to a well-rounded diet. It's great to have you back. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for having me back, and so soon as well. I know the uh, the listeners really enjoyed having you on uh, about, a was it a week, two weeks ago? It feels like a lifetime, but I think it was only like a week and a half ago, yeah. As I said, the uh, listeners really enjoyed... Uh, having you on and all the insight that you bring another sullied perspective and uh, somebody who knows uh, a tremendous amount uh, about the series so we're interested to hear all that uh, you have to say about uh, castle black and this particular scene of john and the offer he's made by stannis and of course what happens as they elect the lord commander yeah it was two very important and loaded scenes uh and even a liana mormont cameo which was mm-hmm. wonderful wonderful penmanship she is a giant among men for a 10 year old i wanted to mention I, I feel like it's almost too soon for this uh, this is our second week of the end season as i've been kind of referring to it in my mind i know that the three of us here and i know that all of you listening at home you love this show and you love this story and you love this series enough to listen to a podcast and we are two tenths of the way now through the fifth season, the season that we waited so long for between these last two seasons and now, you know, a fraction of the way through it. How do you guys feel? One-fifth, right? Two-tenths, one-fifth? I didn't want to break it down, but come on. It's even worse (laughs) when you use smaller numbers. That's the worst thing. I mean, it's basically 10 months that we wait out of the year for it. And then Game of Thrones comes. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's like (laughs) all-consuming. It's a really intense 10 episodes or two and a half months and then it's gone again and we have to wait it makes me sad and it just feels when it's not in season it's very strange it's different it's like you're waiting for something to happen and hopefully we get that something to happen uh, and i'm referring to the winds of winter uh, there could be a good possibility that fans get that so maybe the wait between seasons won't be 
as bad as it has been in the past. You're a hopeful man, Micah. I'm just trying to be hopeful here on Eric's birthday. <laughs> it is a really fast-paced 10, 11 weeks. It goes by in a blink of an eye. And then, as Terry mentioned, we're just kind of sitting there, twiddling our thumbs, trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next 12 months. That's or, what Reddit is for. We spent Monday speaking in great detail about the second episode, The House of Black and White. You guys have responded in grand fashion yet again with a ridiculous amount of owns. Those are submissions of things that you found to be illuminatingly fantastic during the episode. So, of course, it was strong. Everyone loved it, et cetera, et cetera. This is our second episode of the week following up all this action. And if you remember, the conversations in last week's episode were so vast we didn't have enough time to quite get to the wall. So it is good to be here. And I, I just would like to say, again, I am unreasonably excited to talk about what happened because I feel like it was so massive. Not one thing, not two things, but a, a pretty large handful of things. Down, Maester, first off, Maester Eamon being in front of all the men, acting as he did. Amazing. Stannis Baratheon, the things that happened between John and he amazing as zach i was just gonna say though do you mind lighting a fire before we start it's a little cold up here mm, of course mm. i just did it <laughs> oh no the wind blew the fire out please do that again no i just want to be warm i want to be warm when we talk the drama though it's it's very heavy i felt like you, you mentioned earlier terry that we had the moment with john and stannis and then we had the moment with the voting which turned into what it is. And I, I feel like as a as an unsullied fan, and I may be speaking for many of you out there, maybe not, but I sort of felt like this was a likely conclusion, that this was likely after what we saw happened at the Battle of Castle Black, how John stepped up and took charge, not just because in the way the story moves, it would make the most sense, but also just the way the show captured and sh made sure to show his leadership and made sure to give attention to he was doing certain things that a leader would do with the self-sacrifice and then ending in his walk into the north, essentially, beyond the wall after the battle to go face-to-face -face with Mance. It, it made a lot of sense. So after surviving that and then after having such a high place in the now residing king's respect as he's there at the wall, I just felt like, I don't know, I, I wanted to give it a moment and allow it to happen because I didn't expect the vote to happen so soon, but mm -hmm. I, I felt like this was technically coming, but we don't get these kinds of payoffs in A Song of Ice and Fire very often, where maybe, maybe we expected or really wanted something to happen, and it actually happened. But I think right now we had sort of two options. We had the ability for Jon Stark to come into the world, or we had the ability of Jon Snow to be Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. And I just feel like even one of those options, let alone both even being a, re a possibility, are just something we're not used to getting. Which one would you have preferred he took? Not like his actual choice, notwithstanding. Micah, help me out here. <laughs> no, it's your opinion. This is See, this is tough. This is... I just can't even. I put the the audio in front of. I, I, we introduced Monday's episode with the Stannis's audio, telling telling John to kneel. What do you say? Kneel before me, lay your sword at my feet, pledge me your service, and you'll rise again as John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. And I just, you know, you get filled with these these emotions, uh, especially when you've been uh, attached to the story for so long and continue to be uh, so involved with the process. You get these emotions. You think John Stark? That's a name I've never heard. 
or really have said out loud or considered to be a possibility, but he is the, you know, blood right right now, the one true king, and he's, he's telling John to kneel. This could happen. I really, really hope that it ends up happening. I know that that's probably wishful thinking. I can't see John turning down being Lord Commander after all that he's been through with the Night's Watch. I'll answer the question. I would have preferred he became Lord of Winterfell. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Terry? You know, it's hard for me to make the choice because I have read the books. Well, so have I. Come on No, now. I know. While John Stark has a great ring to it, if in Westeros people get their last names from their father's side, then I would like John to take on a different last name. And that's as cryptic as I'll be. I uh, see. But, but I, like, I like that he keeps his loyalty to the Night's Watch and, you know... Ned He's was so loyal. Though. Yeah, Ned was honorable to a fault, and Brienne in some ways. But I like that he seems to understand that the Night's Watch is his family, and you know the needs of the kingdom come before his needs to avenge his family. Would this have been the decision he made if he had not been elected Lord Commander? I think so because think so, he yeah. talks about it with Sam beforehand and he says that he was going to refuse Stannis so I think Sam possibly saw that as an opportunity to advocate on behalf of John when it came time to vote for Lord Commander and I also I understand what you're saying Terry it's it's hard to make a decision knowing what happens later on in in the series and that kind of influences whether or not you would want him to stay Lord Commander or become Lord of Winterfell but uh, it's certainly a lot to take in for somebody who's watching the show. And even Gavin Hoskins, he wrote to us on Facebook, and he said that he thought they should have left longer between Stannis asking John to become John Stark and John becoming Lord Commander. This is a little bit what you were talking about, Zach. The idea of John becoming an official Stark and taking back the North, killing the Boltons, was huge. Would have been nice for the possibility of that to sink in and to see John struggle with the decision. That's how it came across to me reading. Uh, but I felt it very quickly moved on to John as Lord Commander. I agree with that. G good point. Literally the next scene. Right. Something that uh, I actually saw someone online mention that I thought was interesting is that maybe this scene had to be different from what they intended because the uh, actor who was playing the third contender passed away when they were shooting this scene. Uh, Dennis, I forget what his last name is. This scene actually differs from the book a bit significantly. In the book, Sam has sort of been laying the groundwork, um, you know, doing some political string pulling behind the scenes to get the the men of the Night's Watch to vote for John and consider him as Lord Commander. Here, he just gives a really good speech. And I, this person suggested, and I sort of feel that it might have been the case, that there was a different intent for this scene, but they had to just work with what they had because that actor passed away. Um, but I, I feel the same way. That was one of my favorite moments in the novel, and I was expecting it to be this big climactic scene, and I think it just sort of like happened in the show, um, which is a little disappointing, but still cool that at least we finally got to it, and there are still eight more episodes to go to see John as Lord Commander. That is an exciting prospect. And hopefully more than that. Yes, and well, at least this season. I don't know. It's tough. After everything that has happened, and the position that they're in and knowing who is headed towards the north and, and knowing what's happening there in Winterfell, seeing the sigil 
over the top of Winterfell in the intro. It's just it's hard to it's hard to consider another option when you know that he, I guess, started as a, sort of a younger younger character. But even you know we have a, a, a king essentially respecting this guy, and I feel like there's not a lot of options at the wall right now for for Stannis to like rally around and support someone. But he obviously believes in John, and I think that we're getting we're we're, we're seeing him as someone who's sort of at the top level of characters that have power to do things. So at this point, he's getting offered a lordship over a section of Westeros. And I, th- I have confidence that with the help of the men that are there and with his leadership and boldness, that they could they could do good things if they were planning on getting the Boltons out of the north. The question of honor, I don't feel like that, that argument is very sound because... I don't think it's a question of honor, though, in that sense. But the, the men of the Night's Watch, their job isn't to defend Winterfell it's to defend right. the realm and I think for John to even lead the men that he has against Winterfell is a huge misstep because that's not what their job is and it's like clearly personal to him he's supposed to have put aside his family and even I mean we see we see him struggle with that but he, at this point he's put aside his family and understand that making a vow to the Night's Watch is a lifelong vow not a permanent vow until a good someone comes along and offers him something good in exchange for his service. And who's to say that, I mean, Stannis doesn't really have any official way to knight him. He's not the actual (laughs) king. He wants to be king. Words are win, no matter what. Yeah. And if Stannis was to lose, Jon would be left with nothing and not even the protection of the Night's Watch, and he would have lost all their respect, and he could never really be respected after that because he went back on a sacred vow to the Night's Watch. I think it's not just like, oh, he gave it his word, but he would prove that he's a deeply dishonorable person and lose everything that he actually realized that he had in the past few seasons but i think part of why it's so hard hearing the words john stark hearing the word lord of winterfell is that if you think about it there hasn't been a stark in winterfell since season two Mm -hmm. we're in season five more than half of this show there hasn't been a stark in winterfell so as fans yeah that's hard to hear if this is the ground that john is standing on and and he essentially doesn't want to break his oath where where does where does his relationship with the grit stand and how is that okay versus this? There's sort of an argument that he was like supposed to be blending in. <laughs> he was supposed to have broken his vow. Yeah, convenient. <laughs> but I think there's truth in what Terry's saying in that. Definitely. If if you look at his track record, he's always been loyal to the Night's Watch. Except Egret. Yeah, but it was part of the charade and it just benefited him in the long run. Yeah, it's certainly <laughs> a yeah, but. Because remember, he leaves her. When when the opportunity presents itself, he rides back to Castle Black. He doesn't stay with her. Oh, if only they could have stayed in the cave forever. Oh, Jon Snow. Oh, Snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very convenient for Jon. Now I'm Lord Commander. I don't need to leave. I never break my vows to the Night's Watch. But I think he is a very liberal Lord Commander. And that's different. And that's challenging. And part of that is the fact that he likes the wildlings at all. So I think he's going to have enough issues with that. At the wall, we've already seen some of the looks he's gotten. Mm -hmm. Liking the wildlings, killing mance when alistair brings up that he do you want a someone who will defend against the wildlings or sleep with them there's clearly already 
that dissent within the ranks. Audure on Facebook wrote in, she said, What's going to happen with the wall now that Jon Snow is Lord Commander? Is he going to be sympathetic to the wildlings? I think so. He understands them, and a big part of the reason why there isn't a sympathy is because the men of the Night's Watch don't understand them. They view them as enemies and nothing more than that. And they need each other. There is some loyalty between John and Mance, and he doesn't want to see the wildlings die, especially they shouldn't die, you know? Mm-hmm. Both sides need to make sacrifices, but that's not going to be anything that the um, the men of the Night's Watch want to hear, or probably the people of Westeros, if they knew. This is definitely a different dynamic, though, now that John is Lord Commander and that he'll be in charge, essentially, because we know that his relationship is very different with the people that it could be argued the, the the goal of what they've been doing, at least so far of what we've seen in the story is, is taking care of the wildlings is ranging and dealing with them and having a host of them there. In addition to the person that is in charge, having spent an extended amount of time with them, I feel like it's just a, a repurposing of goals most likely. And it's going to be interesting to see how that mindset plays into whatever Stannis's plans are. And whether Stannis' plans can still be considered because the Night's Watch is separated from the rest of the kingdom. Sympathetic is probably the best word to use. I, I think that John has just created really strong relationships with a lot of these people. Ygritte aside, I think there was a level of respect between himself and Mance Raider, and you saw that come to pass when he shoots him. Uh, at the end of the first episode to really save him from the pain of, of being burned alive. Uh, and, and there was respect even before that when they were, when they were chatting and I, I just don't see John turning his back and, and doing something along the lines of what Stannis did to Mance. I think that there's opportunity for discussion between himself and Tormund. I think Tormund will take over where for Mance uh, we saw a lot of eye contact between the two of them uh, at the end of the first uh, episode. And I think that was really a, 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 a something between the two of them where Mance was saying, look, this is this is yours to lead now. Totally. Our people are yours to lead. And uh, now John is going to be tasked with trying to negotiate with somebody like Tormund to rally the wildlings to their cause because I think they need them. They need them in order to defend the wall from what's coming. Uh, They both know, both of these groups know what lives beyond the wall, especially as, uh, you know, winter starts to creep in and it's going to be up to him to solidify the wall and and defend the realm. And I'll just add, I I think that Stannis sees John as an opportunity to rally the wildlings, a people that he really has no control over and has no respect for him after what he's done to Mance. And and I think not just the wildlings, but, but the North as a whole. And I think mm-hmm. that nothing made that point clearer than when Stannis showed John the letter, if we can call it that, uh, from Liana Mormont. It was a note. <laughs> it, was, it was a well-written and also uh, craftily uh, sketched note from a very, very cool 10 year old that i think all of us would love to meet liana mormont he's like do you know this do you know this girl i was like yes i i guess i do bear island knows no king but the king of the north whose name is stark (sighs) and i didn't realize that that was like very much a fan favorite line 
from the books as well. I had not realized just how much people loved that specific line because it's pretty badass when a 10-year-old is that insubordinate to mm-hmm. Stannis Baratheon. She owned the episode. Yeah, yeah, she owned the episode. She owned our hearts. Um, she got my own last episode. I thought that, I don't know. It's just it's it's great when we when we get these moments where we're able to connect to past things that we've loved. If 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 people have ever rewatched the series, which again, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you have. You have all of these these things that you remember being current as you watch them, and as we get into now the fifth season, it's 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 interesting to get just a, a nice, respectable, loyal callback to the King of the North all these seasons past where it was really an option. Mm-hmm. And so it feels good and it's 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 made more fun because it's from a ten year old and it's more fun because it's from a Mormon. And John laughs. I okay. mean, which I think Stannis wasn't really too bothered by at the end of the day, but you could tell it maybe it rubbed him a little bit the wrong way. I think it rubbed him the wrong way, but if he knows anything he should know how stubborn the Lords of the North are and I think that's why he really wanted John, but I don't think he'll respect him any less for turning down the author the offer. In fact, it might make him respect John more. In some way, you could say that John is still, as now Lord Commander, indebted to Stannis because of the fact that he saved the wall from Mance and the Wildlings, and now it serves his purpose to have somebody who could be seen as a potential ally as Lord Commander. And I wonder you know, how that relationship will continue to grow over the course of the season. The other thing I wanted to say was with Liana Mormont, I thought it was really well done, and Terry mentions it in the books too, but the fact that the, the showrunners would consider it important to include uh, this particular scene and this particular moment and that you have somebody with the name of Liana who really holds the keys to Stannis making the decision that John could take the North and he could be released from being a bastard. Because I think we all deep down believe deep down that Liana Stark is John's mother. And so this whole idea of a Liana possibly being able to free him from being a bastard and knowing that possibly she could be the reason why, at the end of the day, he's not a bastard at all. Um, I just thought it was well played, and it, it was something that was thrown in there, and it wasn't thrown in by accident. It's poetic. Yeah, it is very poetic. It's certainly an interesting way of reading it. So maybe I'm reading into it too much. I, I don't <laughs> no, know. no, it's good that you're excited. You're very excited, Micah. This is this is probably the ninth time I've heard you talk about this, and you're still just as excited <laughs> about it, or or speak about it, or text about it, uh, and you're just mm-hmm. as excited uh, now as as the first time you saw it. So that's cool. And I I think that uh, I, I'm just gonna hope because I, I was looking through the world of Ice and Fire recently. I was working at a Barnes and Noble, uh, and uh, I was thumbing through the pages, and I saw the roses being presented to her and this beautiful illustration. And I just thought to myself, I hope that that's Jon Snow's mother. I hope that we're tying our current story in with pre-Roberts Rebellion as tightly as it could be in that way. You know, it's just, it really brings things together. I think it feels good. And so if that's the case, uh, that makes something like this happening even more interesting. And it, if that's part of the catalyst that led Stannis toward offering this to Jon, even better. But now, essentially, we're looking at a reality of Jon Snow 
being Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. If we remember in Season 1, he hadn't even joined the Night's Watch yet in the first episode. He was traveling the King's Road north with Tyrion in the second episode, learning about life, learning about the world. And now here we are, seasons later, there are people that are his senior. We've got the guy that used to train him and treat him like an asshole and say bastard in such caricature-style-like ways is now one of the people that reports to him. Jon Snow is Lord Commit. Exactly. He goes, I can't argue with any of that after Sam's speech. Which I thought was uh, outrageous. I just, for all the people listening that have been with us through this journey, I think you understand how how large of a deal it is. And uh, we haven't actually talked about it out loud yet. So I feel like I'm just kind of like going through some therapy, emotional things right now. Because now Jon Snow is Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. He is in charge. And that's crazy. And I think Sam's speech was good, but Janice's slints was not that bad either uh, in favor of uh, Alistair Thorne. We happened to uh, have it, right? Readily accessible. Um, it was on the uh, 2016 presidential campaign website. Sir Alistair Thorne is not just a knight. He's a man of true nobility. He was acting commander when the wall came under attack and led us to victory against the wildlings. He's a veteran of a 100 battles and has been a defender of the watch and the wall almost all of his life. He's the only true choice. So would we have been happy if Sir Alistair would have been elected instead of John? No, we all like Jon Snow. I think that's unfortunate for Thorne, but I don't think he would have been a terrible Lord Commander. And I don't necessarily agree with Davos when he says that he would make Jon's life a living hell. I think there's a respect factor that exists between him and Jon now, at least below the surface. Uh, I'm not saying that they love each other and right. that they're going to be the best of friends and they're going to sit at the same table and, and drink. Share mutton. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I do think that he would have been a good choice. I think he has the experience, but I think all, all of them have experience. But I think as far as being a leader, John has demonstrated way more of an ability to lead than any of the other two. I agree. And I think that, that John really won Alistair's respect at the end of the last season, mm-hmm. um, even though there's plenty they don't disagree with, even though Alistair was a total jerk to him when he started, I think that John hasn't given up and he's proven that he's very capable. And I think ultimately, even though Alistair wanted to win, he wasn't disappointed with the fact John did. I think Janos was more <laughs> disappointed, <Yeah. laughs> but that's because Janos, like for all that he gives a great speech, he is very, very clueless and very much a bad person. Well, Sam did a great job of making him feel like an idiot in front of all of his, all of his, we'll call them friends, but I don't think anyone likes him. He earned plenty of owns for that. Sam the Slayer. <laughs> Another wildling lover, just like his friend Jon Snow. How's your lady love, Slayer? Her name is Gilly. Brother Slint knows her quite well. They cowered together in the larder during the battle for the wall. Lies! A wildling girl, a baby, and Lord Janus. I found him there after the battle was over, in a puddle of his own making. (laughs) Whilst Lord Janus was hiding with the women and children, Jon Snow was leading. Sir Alistair fought bravely, it is true. When he was wounded, it was Jon who saved us. He took charge of the wall's defence. 
He killed the Magna of the Fens. He went north to deal with Mance Raider, knowing it almost certainly meant his own death. Before that, he led the mission to avenge Lord Commander Mormont. Mormont himself chose John to be his steward. He saw something in John, and now we've all seen it too. He may be young, but he's the commander we turned to when the night was darkest. There are very few moments when someone just shuts someone down like that. It just in a true sort of modern fashion, Sam went in. It was brilliantly done. I can't wait to read that in the books, but I hope that it happens because that's just and Jenna Slint. I don't know, man. It's thanks to Tyrion. I just you got to think back and tie all this together. It's like, oh, Tyrion Lannister. If you only knew the drama that you've caused. And the things that have happened. But hey, he got him out of King's Landing, so... Yeah, no, he got him out of King's Landing and into a pantry where he soiled himself during the Battle of Castle Black, where I felt like we as an audience were transitioned into liking Alistair Thorne a little bit more because up until that point, even even in that same season, he sent John off on that sort of suicide mission uh, with the help of Janos's, uh advice. And so I feel like John, if anything, has Alistair's sort of sacrifice with his bravery at the wall, and that made us like him a little bit more. And John's sacrifice of kicking ass changed his opinion or changed Alistair's opinion of him. So it's just a bunch of like it's deep characters interacting with us and with each other, giving us the outcome of what this is and giving us the outcome that these characters are okay with and that we're okay with as well. And I don't know. It's just a lot to take in at once. The fact that these votes happened, these speeches happened, and it's things that I think we've all like sort of daydreamed about in the story, like, well, what if yada, yada, yada took place? But it actually took place, and uh, now we have a new Lord Commander. Yep, that's it. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely getting to the point where, like, things that we've been waiting for for seasons are happening because the show is coming to an end. We're past mm-hmm. the halfway point, so... But I guess what we don't want to have happen is have these things we waited for for seasons end up terrible in some way shape or form i i gained a lot of respect for sam uh in that scene uh it's really uh, something in sam is starting to uh kick into gear because really over the last you know season and a half let's say he's he's really starting to show that he's not the craven that he thinks himself to be and to stand up in front of all of his brothers in front of thorn and slint and everybody else that was in the room and advocate on behalf of John to become Lord commander just at the right moment before they started that vote, mm-hmm. um, between, um, Thorn and Malister. It was, it was pretty cool to see him do that. And the fact that, um, now John can thank Sam for, uh, becoming Lord commander. Maybe he'll get a, a promotion and, uh, <laughs> be elevated Maybe. in the ranks and not have to turn the crank to send us up the wall at the beginning of each episode. We're still up here, by the way. All right? It's very cold. We've actually all turned into White Walkers. Those are nice blue eyes. Thank you. It's very kind of you, Micah. Maester Eamon cast a deciding vote, which I thought was, again, sort of poetic, and he had this gleeful look upon his face, and uh, it just just felt good. All of it was picturesque. Like I said earlier, it kind of felt outside of what we're used to getting in A Song of Ice and Fire because it just felt Mm -hmm. like not only did it feel like a cathartic moment that we that they bleed on for seasons or for many episodes within a season before we even get a shred of a conclusion. But 
it wasn't bled and it was happy. People were happy and we weren't mad at anyone. It worked out in our favor, essentially, if we're Jon Snow fans, while knowing at the same time that he's probably going to turn down the Jon Stark offer. So I feel like there's a, a bit of a black and white there. But at the same time, it's like, you know, can't help but to be celebratory for the things that are happening at the wall. Cheers to that. And so uh, it was uh, It was definitely a jam-packed second episode. I know we spent a lot of our uh, first episode of the week talking about just everything with the, the exception of this. And I just feel like I'm glad that we took Me this too. time to kind of delve deep into it. And I think we have a lot to look forward to this, this growing relationship between John and Stannis to see how all this nets out, knowing that he's now accepted Lord commander and, and how John is going to look to develop as, as one of our listeners pointed out the, the relationship uh, with the wildlings because they don't seem to be going anywhere, and so he's got a lot of work ahead of him. I don't, I don't know that he was looking forward to taking on all this additional responsibility, uh, but Sam's kind of laid it right at his feet. I'd like to think that this was put so quickly in because there's so much for him to do. All right, so it is time now to go and uh, put the campfire on and uh, pull these owns out of our... Uh, satchel that we've uh, brought up to the top of the wall. Oh, we have the satchel again. We have it, yes. Thank you. Now, could you hand me those owns, please, Micah? Oh, yeah, here you go. Thank you. Alright, well, uh, we've got a number of owns sent in, both on Facebook and on Twitter, and the first comes from Manu Mishra. Manu says... Sam owned Jenna Slint with one of the best verbal depantsings I've ever heard. Yes, that's what a depantsing is. I'll remember that. <laughs> uh, Marcus Tarley, Jaming, f- sorry, Jamie Fing, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie fucking Lannister for being smart enough to take Bronn to Dorne. That's a wise decision. Wise decision. A good travel companion. Tyrion can attest to that. Sarah Barnett, Brienne owned Baelish with her height. So did Sansa <laughs> yes, she come did. to think of it. Cat Jerome, my own goes to Brienne for taking the idea of honor to the point of stupidity to a higher level than even Ned Stark. Should have thought better before approaching the two of them. Ariadna Quiano says, another own goes to Pod for spotting Sansa quickly and efficiently. He did notice her very easily and only one glance. I was very surprised. Charlie Leibert, Podrick's horse with all caps for some reason. Podrick's horse owned Podrick by giving him a wet time. That sounds really dirty. Also, horse in caps just for some reason makes me want to laugh. I don't know. I just... He's really excited about that horse. Yeah, yeah, it's horse. Like basketball. Ali Aleport. My own goes to Maester Aemon for cock blocking Alistair Thorne's thirst for power and gifting the world with the first Jon Snow smile in three seasons. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see him happy. Beautiful smile. Uh, Simon Amundsen says, just thinking about it, Cersei must really hate Tyrion because in her mind he killed her mother, her son, and her father. That triple threat. It's triple That's threat. That's true. But really, he only killed one of her. <laughs> it's her own fault for thinking that, too, because it's not true. I guess technically he killed her mother. Uh, well, yeah, but then the reason her father is dead, though, is because... Of her, really, and her thirst for wanting to kill Tyrion in the first place for thinking he killed Joffrey. Yeah, so that's no. sort of her own fault, I guess. Yeah, this is all her fault. Yeah, Everything's it's all her, her fault. fault. Her fault. Pretty much. Dylan Johnson. 
own to Daenerys for doing what had to be done. When children act up, sometimes you have to decapitate them. <laughs> Hashtag mommy dearest. Ooh, poor, poor I can't tell if there's sarcasm there or not. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Maya Pozzolo says, "Own to Drogon and his badass CGI. Good CGI. Love the effects. Great CGI, Drogon. Cheers, yeah, Maya. Nice work. Doing a little smile. I saw your CGI. I saw. Uh, Anthony Gibbs says, "Own goes to Barristan Selmy for not being afraid to tell Danny that her enemies were right about Mad King Aerys. I bow to you, Sir Barristan. And Amber Ola, I feel like Barristan the Bold gets the own for his counsel. <laughs> He gives his advice the best way he knows, boldly, honestly, and with respect to his queen. Jane Choi on Facebook. Own still goes to not Jack and Hagar for pulling off the longest hide-and-seek ever. Two years over two continents. He's winning something. (laughs) Blake Flo. Hashtag headless pigeon. That's it. Just headless pigeon. Eric would not like this one. No, no, that one was for you, Eric. <laughs> Happy birthday. Evan, on Twitter, Own goes to Kyburn for his rapid rise to prominence. <laughs> that and his new laboratory. Hashtag, I actually might need that head. Yes, and also, can I just mention Sir Marin Trent? He's like, you are the man, move the head. Um, can I also mention the mountain's body hanging out to the right of that shot? Under a tiny, thin sheet. I'm very excited to see that again. Sean Atz on Twitter says, Own goes to Doran Martell for riding in style. Hashtag <laughs> pimp my wheelchair. Very fancy. <laughs> Allie Tarwater says, Speaking as a teacher, Shireen owns everyone by being the best teacher ever. Hashtag can my school hire her, please. Well, she is a child, so no, I don't think that she could be a teacher, <laughs> but I'm sure she appreciates the sentiment. Khalil Shalom Webb says, own to Tyrion for the wicked burn on Cersei. Quote, she should have offered her cunt for my head, the best part of her for the best part of me. Secondary own to the cameraman who climbed in the canal drain to get that great shot of Arya <laughs> going by in the gondola. Oh, gondolas are, are really nice. I wish I had a gondola. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> who doesn't? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why, but I do. Christina says, uh, changing my own. To Liana Mormont what? for having more courage than any man in the North. Hashtag the North remembers. Mm-hmm. Hashtag she bear owns. Hashtag Game of Thrones. Hashtag Not the bad. North remembers times two. Not bad. And uh, Johannes Meyer. Pretty good. That sounds good, right? Yeah. Uh, my own goes to Peter Vaughn. Is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, my own ghost, sorry. Uh, you can say Johannes Meyer, but not Peter Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> my own goes to Peter Vaughn, Maester Eamon, who's just a miracle to watch. Yes. Perfect depiction. Yes. Name Absolutely. too common tweeted in to say, the own of the episode goes to Eamon Targaryen for figuratively shoving a long axe <laughs> up Sir Alistair's ass like wait what i think he he's yeah believed oh ass. i got it i got it like it's it was made for it what terry said <laughs> <laughs> kelsey wilmis on twitter owned to maester aemon for pulling a dumbledore and giving the house cup to gryffindor i mean making john snow the lord commander hashtag tiebreaker i believe there's a change in decorations friends yes. <laughs> audrey wagner owned kevin lannister for straight up disrespecting cersei to her smug crazy face and then walking out of there like a boss. Second own to Leona Mormont for reminding Stannis that Bear Island knows only one king and his name is Stark. I wanted to say John Stark. Just Stark. Danny says an own to Samuel Tarly for turning Castle Black into a scene straight out of Mean Girls. 
respect. Amazing scene. <laughs> yeah. With Shireen there just perfectly in the middle. David Hodgman says, My own goes out to Sam for getting a taste of, quote, the game by manipulating John to be war commander without his permission. And yes, I did just use air quotes when I said the game. <laughs> nice. I'm glad you all could feel that in the wind. I just did it too, for solidarity. <laughs> uh, Wenda the White Fawn says, Perfect own for my pal in anticipation of the wall ep to Sam for stepping up to host the Comedy Central roast of Janos, <laughs> which I would certainly pay to see. Yes, and it went very well, actually. It was a great roast. It was. It tasted great. Craig Albuck says, My own goes to Sam. Jon Snow is a bastard, a hero, and a worthy leader, but it was a craven that nominated him. I like that. Although Sam is no craven, he is Sam the Slayer for a reason. Jared Pollard, Cersei deserves an own for Marjorie's new nickname, the smirking whore of Highgarden. Yeah. James Payne tweets in, own to Bronn for exclaiming, that's Jamie fucking Lannister. <laughs> and to Jamie for rocking the jacket from the Thriller yeah. video. Beautiful jacket. Tyler William writes, own goes to Kevin Lannister for being the first Lannister to turn down Cersei. <laughs> Hashtag fight me in Lannisport. Hashtag vagina of death. Wow. <laughs> I love the hashtags that have been uh, created this week. Jesper creative. Carlson. My own goes to Sir Kevin Lannister for actually standing up to Cersei when no one else will. Lots of Kevin owns. He is Tywin's brother for sure. At the hardest fight on Twitter, my own of the week has to go to Hagar for having the ability to change from an old black guy to a young white guy and the CGI. Interesting. Was that CGI? I think it was practical effects and good editing, to yeah. be honest. I think so. I think it was two different actors, too. Well, it was two different Maybe. actors, but like, there's a great gif of it where you can see Tom Walsh. I don't know how to say his last name, but I do know how to spell it. Pretty close. Um, you can see him like pulling something off his face, but I think it's just that the editing because Arya comes into the center of the shot and blocks yeah. it. They just cut them together really well. I spent way too long explaining that. <laughs> On to more owns. Louis Philip Piron. Own goes to Samuel Tarly, Slayer Extraordinaire, for exposing how much of a premium garbage person Janice Flint really is, plus extra ownage to the actor who plays Sam, John Bradley, for the casual sulfuric acid with which he laced his delivery of the lines. <laughs> it's true. John Bradley is wonderful. Old Path's Guide says, not sure how many I get. Owen has to go to the mad diving skills of the faceless man who recovered Arya's coin. Great aim. Yeah. Leslie Dingledean says, the Stark ladies get owns for last night. Sansa finally making her own choices and Arya and Bravos and reunited with hashtag Jockin. The best hashtag on Twitter. Do we know his name though? He is no one. You go to that hashtag and there's nothing there. Not even one there tweet. Not even go. that tweet. Old Path's Guide. Dario Naharis owned the Sons of the Harpy in a game of hide-and-seek. Hashtag Game of Thrones. Audience members, this is our final own. Hold on to your butts. Bobcat C6 says, own to Drogon for his brief but exciting performance of Who's a Good Dragon? Who's a Good Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up all of the owns that we received for episode two. Actually... That may be a lie. Uh, this was a small sampling of the own we, owns we received for episode two. We went to the buffet and we did not have enough plates, but it was very nice <laughs> of Terry to join us. My pleasure. So uh, we are getting ready for uh, episode three. It's crazy to think about. We are approaching quickly, quickly, the third episode of the fifth season. 
We like to do these follow-up episodes during the week. They're a lot of fun. It gives us a little bit more time to expound, to grow a little closer to what happened in the, the week's previous episode. And uh, I think that that happened today. I think I, I feel a little bit more okay with the things that are happening. I think I'm, 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 I'm ready for the world to experience what there is to experience. And uh, I think really just overall, I'm excited to see the community come together like it has been these past two Sunday nights. It's been a true blast to, to just view and to be a part of. Yeah, it definitely has. And uh, I've enjoyed kind of tweeting during the episode. Uh, Zach, I know you tweeted out a uh, picture of Robert and Stannis that did extremely well on Twitter. <laughs> it was re- retweeted by many, including Brian Cogman and Liam Cunningham. Uh, it was, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out our Twitter feed. Uh, I, th- I, I don't want to give away the surprise, but it was, it was very well done. I love that Sir Davos Seaworth approved of our depiction in which it was posted to our Facebook wall, like a week and a half ago. So, uh, one of our listeners posted it and I just think it's hilarious, but, uh, uh, I'm glad that Sir Davos Seaworth agreed with our, uh, agreement of the depiction of uh, his his one true lord and savior stands Baratheon. So that was a lot of fun. I got to giggle out of Terry. I know I did something right. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate everybody who sent in their owns uh, for this episode. Uh, and you can do so again for on uh, Sunday night, uh, episode three. We look forward to reading all of them. Uh, know that a couple of our listeners got creative with their hashtags. So looking forward to seeing what... Uh, hashtags people create in addition to their owns uh, just tweet at us at game of owns on twitter or you can scroll upon our wall facebook.com slash game of owns and i'm gonna force micah to live tweet again because i know a lot of you guys <laughs> enjoyed that micah's gonna be forced to he's gonna be live tweeting and of course you can email us contact at game of uh, those are the three main ways you can get in touch with the show uh, but there is another way that you can interact with us and that is on itunes where We do appreciate you going over and leaving a rate and review of the show in the month of April and during season five, really. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Given that we are in season, we do appreciate uh, the people who go over there and leave their reviews because it's a chance for others who may be interested in Game of Thrones uh, to find out uh, about us and to give us a listen and give us a try. And we do hear all the time uh, people who have just started listening to the show. And a lot of times it's due to these iTunes reviews. So thank you. Yeah, just started listening and have gone back and, and, and blasted through the back catalog, which if, if you're one of those folks, uh, take your right hand or your left, depending on whichever you prefer, and just pat yourself on the back with it. Just go on and do it. Just feel good about all the time you put into enjoying Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. That's pretty damn cool. We were there for all those episodes, so I kind of feel like we've shared the experience together if you've done that. So back pat, uh, enjoy. Also, now you know how to pat yourself on the back. Yeah, the directions are built in. Thank yeah. you. You just use strike, though, I thought. Yeah, strike. He scratches your back, right? He bites my back and rips holes <laughs> in my shirts. And uh, Terry, if our listeners want to find you, should you want to be found or read all of your excellent work, uh, where can they do so? If I want to be found, I like how... <laughs> <laughs> Some people concerned? don't. They're like, I don't want to put my Twitter account out there. I don't want people finding me and tweeting me. And- well, you can find my work on zaptoit.com. You can find me on Twitter at Terry underscore Schwartz, and that's Terry with an I. And you can find me at home. Just kidding. No address out there. <laughs> we'll stop there. We'll, <laughs> we'll stop there. Phone number, we'll stop there. social security. You can find my bed in the east side of my room. <laughs> if this is the first time you're hearing Terry on our show, a few episodes back, she hopped in and assisted us in what turned out to be a very, very fun listen. I know that a lot of you enjoyed it. So make sure to go back, become current, 
expect heavy Game of Thrones coverage from her this fifth season. And I guess for the rest of the time, you're just sort of giving pop culture a nice comb through. In the words of Spaceballs, I comb the metaphoric pop culture desert. And you know, if you comb the desert with combs that big, it would work. If you're looking for something, it would definitely, it would totally work. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Think about oh, it. Oh, I have. Oh, I have. So thanks again, Terry, for coming on the show. As Zach mentioned, uh, we always enjoy having you on. We hope to have you on in the future. And uh, I'm looking forward to, as Zach mentioned also, live tweeting on Sunday night. Who knows what kind of crazy stuff I'm going to come up with. I'm going to have to top the uh, Stannis and Robert photo that was used last week, which is going to be a pretty difficult task. So... <laughs> Uh, I got to uh, really kind of think on my feet. That's that's one of the hardest parts, actually, about live tweeting the show is that you don't know what's going to happen, so you kind of have to really be witty and, and creative as it goes. These are definitely some of the best parts of viewing the show when we can all do it together and join in on what's happening in such sensational style online. So I expect all of you on Sunday night to show up in vast amounts. I want it to triple the first triple the second this is this is a big deal all right the weeks are moving on and we have to keep the momentum rising it's all very important and we'll be there with you now somebody yelled down to sam to start the crank up so we can get down from here it's fucking freezing <laughs> sam.